All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Tripping with Forrest. Today, I'm going to talk about something I touched on a couple podcasts ago and I keep touching on because it's just in my mind all the time because it's my thoughts. I've been thinking about thoughts. Fascinating, isn't it? Um, You know what it is, is I just keep tripping up on thinking. I start thinking, okay, what's the best way to do this? Should I record a video? Should I not? And you know, is tripping, is that going to limit me in this, in this market? And I start questioning what I'm doing and I start thinking, oh, is there a better way to optimize this? But really the underlying problem and the underlying issue with my podcast is that I only have like 20 episodes. Podcasts that make it, they have like 300 and shows develop shows change and that's the thing right is i I start tripping up on just thinking and overthinking and analyzing and i have this sort of analysis paralysis and it just doesn't help me it doesn't help me accomplish my actual goals in life just had to adjust the lighting in here a little bit i i realized that uh I realize that the audio listeners aren't going to know what I'm talking about, but the the video watchers of this, if I end up releasing this as a video, but first I have to overthink about that. But I realize that shows change, shows develop, and people change. And one of the changes that I've made recently is I've realized that cannabis is part of the reason that I start overthinking. And this Sunday, I smoked some cannabis, and it's Tuesday now, and I haven't smoked since. And because on Sunday, I was like, okay, I can maybe treat like Sundays. At at the end of this, I realized, okay, there is some benefit to this experience I just had under the influence of cannabis. But I realized that it was sort of like a spiritual sense. It was sort of like a renewal. It was a bit of a a deep dive into my consciousness and and it was closer to a spiritual experience than what i have than what i have when i'm sober but it also brings up all of these thoughts and insecurities and anxieties and i start diving deep and i start thinking am i doing the right thing should i do this instead and the truth is as i've said multiple times before is actions not only speak louder than words but Actions are more important than thinking. We can get just trapped up in our thoughts and we need to actually do things in this world. This is a physical realm we live in. We don't live in a mental realm, not in reality. All of us live in our heads and we experience things through our mind, but that doesn't mean that our experience is completely limited and and cut off from the outside world. What we think about has an effect because it changes the way we behave and the way we behave amounts to so much in this world. What we do in this world is so important. And I realize that cannabis has actually began to limit my output. And that's because Not because it makes me lazy, but because it makes me think differently. It makes me, you know, we got to think, right? You know, I'm, I'm a strong believer of at least understanding CBT therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. 
I guess I just said cognitive behavioral therapy therapy. Um, so CBT, right, is the understanding that our actions or our behaviors affect our thoughts and our thoughts affect our feelings and all of those things affect each other. So if we change one of our behaviors, you know, consuming cannabis is, uh, is a behavior, it's an action, right? So if we, if in my case, I consume cannabis, it affects the way I think, which affects the way I feel, which affects what I do. And I've realized that in some ways, although it's been hugely positive in me understanding who I am and getting to the root of deeper issues, I find that it just takes me back into those spaces where I'm deeping, where I'm dealing with those deeper issues, as opposed to the issues that I'm, that I'm now dealing with in the present, which is not putting enough work out into the world. So. And, and the thing is too, is like cannabis can also motivate me and, and it just seems to fluctuate in this way where it makes me largely what it does is it makes me feel more intense in the moment. And so I need to set up a bunch of rules around it. And that's why I was thinking, okay, maybe Sunday treat it like a spiritual experience. You know, I can do an edible and, and, you know, really have a spiritual experience because inevitably that's what edibles do for me as well as many other people. I, I find it's a very, very intense experience and it teaches me a lot about myself and about what I've done and who I am, but doing it frequently, what it does is it puts me in that state where I'm sort of, um, not regressing is the wrong word, but in my mind, I'm sort of regressing into the past and I'm dissecting these things and I'm thinking differently about these things. And that's very beneficial, but it also, it uses a lot of my energy. I find that I actually get exhausted and that's what people talk about with the, you know, being burnt out and things like that. But I find it actually limits the amount of physical and mental energy that I have after I trip. And so I need to find a better balance. I need to use these substances or this substance specifically in a more balanced way. And I've done this in the past where I've sort of done it infrequently. And the idea behind that is to one, not create a habitual addictive pattern. Uh, the other is to just create some sort of balance between sober reality and this altered consciousness that cannabis uh, can create. Now, I find that as much as it's helped me, it, it's, there's something about it and, I, and I'm not quite sure yet. And, you know, it's only been two days that I haven't consumed this or even just a day and a half. It's just midday on Tuesday. But it, there's something about this reality that I find I'm a little less connected, but if I really look at myself and I really like consciously put myself into my mind that like the way that weed, um, does, you know, weed forces that self-reflection, which is in itself very valuable, but at times it's not valuable to be in that state of reflection. It, it's more important, like I said, you know, to be in that state of doing, and I find that there's a, it's sort of easier to just do 
when I'm sober and when I'm not under the influence of cannabis. Now, that doesn't mean that I make the right choices all the time, but at least I'm moving in a direction and I can alter that direction. And I find when I consume cannabis, it instinctually makes me realize, oh, I'm going in the wrong direction. It, it kind of, it's that forced reflection that's saying, hey, you're doing this wrong. And I'm not always doing it wrong. It's just the cannabis wants me to do it in a specific way. And if we look at people that are heavy cannabis users, we can see similarities. We can see sort of stereotypes develop. We can see, um, and especially, you know, we look at psychedelics, we see even even bigger stereotypes develop. You know, the, the bohemian style, the dreadlocks. You know, why are these things so common with people that are using these substances? And I'm not saying that everybody has the, you know, starts developing these, these fashion senses or, or these different uh, ways of life, but it seems to be sort of a commonality. And I'm curious about that commonality. I'm curious of where that comes from. And I see why that happens because these substances force you into a more natural way of life. But that is not without other consequences as well. You know, I, I think it, it's it's very interesting um, in, the, in this one episode of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Steve Harvey. He says, I've never known a comedian who smokes weed uh, to to have money. You know, it, it's the commonality, uh, uh, you know, that, that they're all broke. And obviously that's not true. I mean, we can we can see uh, outliers of that. And uh, I'm sure a lot of comedians that are successful consume cannabis. I can think of plenty who have built brands and built personas based on that. You know, Seth Rogen, Cheech and Chong, um, Doug Benson, you know, <laughs> there's others out there, I'm sure. But there is a sort, a sort of a, a certain behavior that happens. And I, and I actually think it's actually more of a thought process that happens where you start um, you start thinking, oh, is what I'm doing important? And you start to, you start to move yourself away from that, that determination and sort of that, that headstrong, uh, action self. And you start becoming more of a head case mental, uh, side of things, um, from the cannabis use. And I think that deters you from making money. So if you, if your goal is to make money, there are certain aspects of cannabis that that will, I believe, deter you from reaching those goals. And it's not always the case. And I also think that cannabis affects people uh, differently based on who they are and their brain chemistry and and actually their set and setting and all of those things. But I find personally that I keep letting a lot of things go and I keep not pursuing things and I keep questioning things and I and it just kind of scatters me out and and makes me not actually stick to something you know i've been trying to do this podcast that i'm doing right now for years and the thing is is even if i was just doing it once a week right how many episodes would i have after three years of starting this you know my first podcast like this was called dear future forest and it and it ended up sort of stopping because i started overthinking i started overthinking and that's largely what cannabis does is it makes me overthink it. It activates those parts in my brain 
that are linked to anxiety and linked to um, that reflection side. And, and that has been extremely valuable in me learning about myself and I still have a lot more to do. So cannabis is not off the table, but what's more important to me right now is making my way in this physical world. Because if I don't, there's a lot at stake now. I have a mortgage. I have a, a, you know, a life that requires me to make a certain amount of money. And I'm just not doing that. And I think that cannabis is, um, you know, maybe I'm pointing a finger and saying, hey, cannabis is, is to blame. But I think my use of cannabis is partially to blame. And I think that I need to focus on just doing, just doing more. And <laughs> I feel like I'm repeating myself from the from two podcasts ago where I said, you know, just do instead of think, you know, and, and all that. But it's true and it's necessary and it's and it's been helpful. And what has been a struggle as well is just regaining confidence that I'm going to continue being myself because that's one thing that cannabis gave me a lot was just the feeling that, oh, this is who I am. And, and not that, you know, who when I'm stoned is who, who I am, but just it made me in touch with my feelings a little more and who I who I want to be and and all of that and and so uh, when I sit behind this microphone and in front of the camera I um I start questioning am I going to be able to put my best foot forward am I going to really have something interesting to say and you know I would use cannabis as a confidence booster because I knew that it would induce some interesting thoughts but now I have to do that and I'm doing that right now um, not under the influence and I and I'm and I'm hoping that it's interesting I'm hoping that I'm saying something and that it's a unique thought that I'm having um, and I'm you know the other thing is too is I don't want to I don't want this to come across as insecure and I am insecure. I'm insecure about a lot of things. I'm insecure about, um, and I guess insecure is one way of putting it, but I'm unsure. I'm unsure, right? Of, is this the right thing to be doing? Should I be getting stoned for these? Is it more interesting? Should I be releasing these on my main channel as a video? Should I put them behind a paywall like Patreon? And I've gone back and forth between all these different things because, you know, at first this was supposed to be a Patreon only podcast. It was supposed to be on video. It was supposed to be unlisted and only available for Patreons. And I just started thinking, okay, is it too early to do that? Do I not have a big enough audience? Is nobody actually really that interested? Is it more important to sort of, you know, present something to the general public before I start to try to privatize? And these are reasons that I stopped doing that. And I, you know, I came up with these conclusions of, oh, this is the way forward. Uh, this is the way to do things. And I came up with these ideas under the influence of cannabis. You know, the idea for what this podcast has become was strongly influenced by, by experiences I had under the influence of cannabis and, and in the combination of Kundalini, you know, what I learned from was, what this podcast used to be. And that was a revelation and an insight um, of an idea 
that I had completely under the influence of cannabis and Kundalini. And I'm just not sure where this goes without that influence. And so I worry about that. But right here, right now, I'm, I'm completely dead ass sober and I'm talking to you guys and I'm trying to make it happen. And then that's, that's what it is, is I realized that the doing is so important because the consistency is so important and the showing up is so important and the creating just, I'm actually creating something right here. Like this doesn't exist. If I don't do this, this exists maybe in my head in some form and fashion, but it doesn't exist in the way that it exists right now, unless I'm talking to this microphone, standing in front of this camera or sitting in my case and, and actually saying something. And I know I've repeated myself 25 times with this. And the, the reason I'm doing that is because I'm trying to make it make the most sense to the most people. Sometimes things need to be repeated in slightly different ways for them to make sense. And I find that an interesting concept as well. I find language an interesting concept. The fact that somebody can say something and and depending on the other person's mind, they can, they filter it through their mind. You know, our minds act as these big filters and we, we use our past experience and the, and the life that was dealt to us to understand and interpret what the words mean. You know, these words are generally defined, you know, not everybody has the definition of a, a dictionary in their mind. You know, we, we all have different ideas of, of what, um, these very interesting concepts are that are abstract, like love, uh, fear. Uh, what is that? How does that manifest in, in, in an individual? And so I find that language is a very interesting thing. And I find that sometimes things need to be repeated in different ways so that they're understood. And that's what I'm trying to do here is not trying to repeat myself and I, and I hope to get off this subject and talk about something new as something new develops in my life. But right now, this is what I'm struggling with. And this is what I want to talk about, which is just overcoming the analysis paralysis of life and stopping the overthinking from happen and, and happening. And you know what? I have made a lot of poor choices in the past when I haven't been consuming cannabis and I've made poor choices in the past when I have been consuming cannabis. And overall, I think that it, uh, it has taught me a lot and I don't think it's over. And I also, uh, I just, um, I just think that this is just my personal experience. And if you find value with cannabis, I don't suggest you doing what I'm doing, but I do suggest actually taking a break and figuring out Oh, did I actually learn anything or was I just depending on that to reinduce that feeling of, of forced reflection? Is that possible in my life without that? That's a question that I'm asking myself. And, and if you're a, a user of anything should be asking yourself is what is reality without this substance? And is there another way to get to that reality of of being in the moment, being present, being your authentic self without the use of something that has consequences, right? We have to understand simple laws of physics here and also combine that with the psychology that is widely accepted in the Western world, which 
you know, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy is widely accepted and used by, in, in, in my country, it's actually like, if you go through a government therapy system, it's the system they use. So it's a very broad, general and slightly useful tool. I think, especially just having an understanding of it is very useful. I think the actual actions of going to that type of therapy is perhaps less useful because I think it, um, you just start trying to like correct your little behaviors and it doesn't really teach you about who you are or what you've come from. And I think therapy actually is much more beneficial if you get to the root of these issues and you deal with your inner child. And that's why something like IFS, I, I think is much more useful as a therapy, but the understanding the definition of CBT and, and understanding that our thoughts affect our behaviors and our feelings affect our thoughts. And, you know, these things are all connected is very useful because it teaches you that, that what you do is important and that every action has an equal and opposite reaction. And it's not quite as simple as that because actions are so complex. What is the, what is the opposite action? Uh, uh, what is the equal and opposite reaction of smoking weed? It's not like, you know, if we think opposite, it's not like, uh, then you don't smoke weed, right? So what does that opposite mean? Right. But, but it, um, you have to understand the effects of something to understand the effects of it, (laughs) right? It's that simple. So what is the effects of me not consuming cannabis? That that's an interesting thing for me to ponder and to think about. And I think that the effects of smoking cannabis are not all hunky dory. They're not all pushing up daisies. They're not, they're not all sunshine and rainbows. That's the actual cliche that I was trying to describe it with. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. There is consequence to it that I think I was underestimating. And I'm saying this now because I'm uh, newly away from it and I'm, and I'm feeling like, okay, this is doable. And yesterday, honestly, I was craving it. I, I, you know, I have it all around my house. I have three pounds of it right next to me and, uh, you know, all homegrown stuff that, that I grew (laughs) this summer and it's everywhere. And it's been something that I've been using for years now. And it's, it pulled me out of a place of sort of a sociopathic sort of workaholic place where I wasn't looking after myself or the people around me. And I don't mean I was like a wall street sociopath necessary necessarily, but I wasn't looking after myself and the people around me as well as I should. And I needed to connect to my feelings. And I, I stepped back onto cannabis as some, as a way, uh, you know, because that's what that does is it makes me more in tune with my feelings, but how else can I get more in tune with my feelings? Because I have found that this forced reflection or the overuse of cannabis has actually become detrimental to my work life, you know? So now (laughs) I had a work life that was fairly good and, and actually the trajectory was actually going forward pretty well. And, and since sort of consuming cannabis, it's sort of, sort of, gone the other way. And of course there's other environmental factors such as COVID is the huge one, just been completely decimated um, because of that, as far as my business goes. 
living where I live now remotely, you know, that was a choice that we've made and, you know, we're dealing with the consequences of that, but that has also really forced our hand into thinking of how can we actually make money here because this is becoming a struggle and it's becoming a struggle. And I know I've talked about this a few times and I know you guys don't want to hear about my money problems and, and stuff. So I, I hope not to have to talk about that too much, but it is what's going on inside and it is on my mind a lot. And it, you know, I, I don't know how many of you listening have been broke before, but I've been there so many times in my life and it fucking sucks. And it's not somewhere I want to be. And that's why I'm here today talking about this is because I'm ready to get started. I'm ready to, I'm ready to make that, that money, you know, like it's really important. Money is a stored value. It's a system of exchange and it's a stored value of energy. And if we can use that to propel our own lives, right? You know, first and foremost, we have to look after ourselves and I expect you to do so as well with with your stored energy and your medium of exchange. I hope you look after yourselves and that's what we're trying to do when we're trying to look after ourselves. And from there, you know, you have to be able to look after yourself before you can look after anybody else. It's it's putting that oxygen mask on yourself as the plane goes down before you put it on anyone else because if you don't have oxygen, you can't breathe and you can't be helpful to anyone. And that's the unfortunate truth and and the thing is, is so many people, and I don't know how many people say things that I'm saying and then go on to not helping people, but I think a lot of people might think that way, that they want to help people once they get money and blah, blah, blah. And then they just never end up really doing that. And it just becomes sort of this cycle of just like, oh, the more money I make, the more money I can make. And it, it never ends up being sort of helpful to other people. And I think that's a, a cycle of this world that is sort of instilled. And I think that comes from an underlying um, misunderstanding of ourselves. And I think that comes from people who have not actually worked on their on their real fears and insecurities and have never actually gone to broke. Like, you know, if, if you, if, even if you've put yourself in debt, but you've never understood what that means, and you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm just in debt. I just pay that every month and, you know, whatever. I'll just keep living my life. It's like, no, that actually means that, like, you're now a slave to that debt. Like, you are forced to work. You're not able to relax to any real degree because you always have this thing that is pushing you forward. And, and in some ways, debt is like a motivator. It's like what, it's like what drives our North American society. It's very interesting. Debt is so interesting. And I've used it in the past as a motivator. I've been like, okay, well, if I get myself in debt a little bit, you know, which I'll have to or whatever in, in those cases, I'll, I'll be forced to sort of pull the rabbit out of the hat. I'll be forced to get creative. I'll be forced to make something happen as opposed to just being lazy or whatever, you know, and it's like, is fear a good motivator? You know, is fear that, that our credit is going to go down, that, that we're going to become destitute. Is that what needs to drive people? And it seems to be a huge motivator. It seems to be something that 
a lot of people deal with is just having some underlying fear as something that drives them forward. And I don't think it's healthy. And I don't think that it actually helps. I think it, I think it helps you sort of manage in some interesting way, but it doesn't help you push past that because fear will result in you know, it depends on fear, you know, like I'm saying fear is a general thing, but it, it often comes from some sort of insecurity about yourself and it, it comes from a fear of others. And these, these thoughts, right, these feelings, fear is sort of a feeling and it develops into thoughts and then it develops into behavior, right? And, and that behavior might just be going to a job and paying off your debt slowly, but it also might develop into not believing in yourself and becoming insecure. And, and these things aren't helpful. And so we need to work through fear and we need to come out the other side and we need to not be afraid of these fears we have. You know, I have a fear. I have a fear of becoming destitute. I have a fear of, I have a fear of this thing playing out, which is very interesting. And I think people don't think about too much, but it's entirely possible to come from a wealthy family or a moderate family, you know, middle class, middle, lower class, whatever, some sort of family where your ancestors before you have actually worked towards something they've saved money and if you inherit that money it's entirely possible that as an individual you will fail with that money and you will lose that money and this is a fear of mine that that any money that i have i'll i will lose and i will become destitute in my older life and I will have children who are not as able. And it's like, what do we have of value as individuals, right? And it's like, at some point in your life, it, it is very difficult to work. It's That's why people retire, right? It's because, I mean, people retire hopefully because they've they've acquired enough assets and they, they can set themselves up for, uh, you know, a stable life, right? That's the goal. But what can happen is you cannot set yourself up for a financially stable life and you can end up destitute in your in your older years and it can be a not a very fun life and it's not not just not a fun life but it can be it can be a sad life a depressing life it can go the other way it can not just be not good it can be bad right and these are all constructs in our mind and we we have different definitions of good and bad and and all of that but it can be it can be a struggle and life already is a struggle of course so i'm not saying much here and one you know if i use my logical brain i can i can like look at this this fear that i have of becoming old and poor <laughs> and i can I can logically break it down and destroy it and say, oh, there's some sort of social services. I, I, um, the future is never guaranteed. Uh, most likely this isn't going to happen. You know, I can logically break this down and start understanding that that isn't likely, but it's still a very interesting thing that we have this control over our lives where we can either become something, we can 
uh, acquire wealth or we can not become something and we can lose wealth and we can set ourselves up for um, failure in a society that values wealth and that requires wealth. You know, this is stored energy that I'm talking about and it takes a lot of energy to create food. You know, it takes somebody else working to produce the crops or yourself to work and, and to deliver those crops it takes gasoline or diesel and and or energy in some fashion and that energy has to be created by other people and it, we rely on this insane system of people working to live the lives we live and there's no other choice and we work together as this huge collective beehive on this on this world and that's why I think it's inevitable that uh, our differences will become less and less and nations like it, we, we won't necessarily have these uh, completely arbitrary lines in the sand of, oh, this nation of Canada is, is its own nation and it's governed by these people and we have this culture compared to the, the culture that is just a, a foot away in this other land where these people are Americans and these people have their own way to govern and they, they keep their own resources and they give it back to their people or whatever, you know, it's like we live in a more and more global society and it, it makes less and less sense because I believe our species works together similarly in fashion to other hive creatures like ants and like bees. And I don't think that we are solo creatures, like maybe like a bird, you know, where, where a bird just hunts for its own food, you know, it gives it to its offspring, but then its offspring grow up. It, the bird never shares with a neighboring bird. Uh, it, it hunts for its seeds. It, hunt for, it hunts for its own food to survive. And, and it does the work necessary to survive. It builds its own nest. And there's very few humans, um, just statistically that that really go off and with their families or or by themselves and build their own house from what's around them or what they have and and grow their own food and and you know this is these are outliers these are outliers and you know i've dabbled in this because i've done, i've been doing homesteading for a year but i'm still very much connected to the larger global society and for instance, all the money that we, we've been accumulating is all from YouTube. It's all from putting our, our, my work and our work out, out there for the global hive mind that we exist in. And as we, as we grow, it's going to make more sense. And I'm not saying this is good or bad. And I think that a lot of people would consider this bad, but I think that we will become sort of a global hive mind like creature where the earth is our beehive and there will be people who we act who act as our queen bee and and they are people that will go off and and colonize another planet like literally that's happening like we all believe in as a society we believe in in the creations of individuals such as Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, these people act as, these people become icons in our society and in our minds. And we we can all identify with either one of them or, or whoever. And 
we we say oh this person's bad i believe in this person i don't believe in this person and i think what this person's doing is good but we believe in them so much that we have created these people with unbelievable wealth and resources and ability and it's because we've we put trust into what they have created um the only reason uh elon musk is a billionaire is not because he sold a billion dollars worth of teslas or solar roofs or anything like that it's because of stocks that people believe in they believe that he is the one to make their money back and to increase the increase the value of the share in his company which you know he's a part of you know he didn't even create tesla but he, he's a part of it right and he owns a certain amount and all this and you know prior to that he created you know helps create paypal and people believed in that so much and it was a useful product and and teslas and electric cars they're useful products and people are buying them and consuming them but it's speculation which has created wealth and now he's using that wealth to essentially do what i'm saying because there's a collective consciousness that agrees that it's a good idea to go to mars if there wasn't his company spacex uh, wouldn't be as able as it is to fly these rockets because people believe in what he's done and it's a private company it's not publicly traded it's it's not exactly the same as what i'm talking about but ultimately it is like we've we've elected these queen bees to 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 create a new swarm you know the way bees work is every once in a while they'll create a swarm where a a, a new queen bee is created that queen bee goes off and and a part of the hive separates and and it creates two hives you know this is it's, it's almost like cell division is happening but it's hive division is happening and it, they create a, a new hive on a branch over here or the beekeeper in, in the case of a european honeybee will collect that hive and then build a new box for it so what is elon musk doing and jeff bezos doing and uh, richard branson doing but um and and not necessarily i mean they're doing other things and they're, they're, there's going to be uh there's going to be people um what's the word i'm not it's not precursors it's it's procursors it's the people after these people you know everything that we do is built on the shoulder of giants right and so these people will create the foundation for the next generation to create um people who will colonize other places right and this this will continue to happen and i think the colonization and the division of humanity into different hives is inevitable and it's it's going to be you know it, it, it's the same thing that happened in some respect to the colonization of the earth from the western culture that happened you know there's nothing more successful in the, in the past history than the culture that english europeans brought around the world they they were able to and and not just english i mean french and spanish and portuguese and all of these countries were able to bring religion which is a, a, essentially a, a bunch of beliefs and ideas and ways of living and a way to cultivate a society that is 
in some respects maybe fulfilled in other respects controllable and 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 also generalized they were able to bring these ideas all over the world and we still see the effects of them all over the world you know i i'm not i'm not an indigenous person i i I have some indigenous heritage, but I also have mostly and largely uh, a European heritage. And this heritage was, you know, I'm here now in this in this new world, right? North America was once considered the new world. And that was essentially only possible from explorers, but also the capital and the people behind the explorers, those those other kings and queens, right? The, the royalty were the ones with the money to fund explorers and and colonizing and and all these things happened. And it, it, we've done it before all over the world. And it's part of our DNA almost as a species. And that's why I believe that we are very similar in a lot of ways to other hive like creatures. Uh, I don't think we are individual type creatures that work together um, or sorry, work separately or, or work alone. I think that largely we are, we are these types of hive mind like creatures. I mean, it, it even happens in our, in the way we think the things we believe um, it, it has these rippling effects that affect almost every single human being across the globe when something changes, when something happens in, in culture. It's not just as simple as we all have our individual actions. You know, there's these big ripple effects that happen that affect huge amounts of people. And maybe each country is like its own anthill currently. But I think that those lines are becoming blurred as the necessity for them to become blurred happens. And as the want of, uh, powerful figures, essentially, there's a lot of powerful people that, that would like lines to be blurred a little more and make it easier to, um, to have sort of international culture happen as opposed to individual and statewide culture. And, there's a lot of people caught up into the hive mind. It's it's what the internet has become as well is a, a collection of people and ideas and thoughts and culture and memes and I, memes are ideas, right? And it's just um, it's just the way we seem to be projecting forward, and it's also the way that we were in the past as well. So I don't see that changing. I just see that developing more and more and and becoming more and more um there will be resistance and there has been resistance there's always been resistance to this and i just i see less resistance than there needs to be because there's something about our species that conforms there's some sort of conformity that happens the individual is not as individual as they think they are even myself, you know, how, how individual am I, you know, I, I like to pride myself on being a little different, you know, it's different media is my company for a reason. Um, the slogan is be different. And it's because I don't believe that <laughs> I don't believe that normal society is the answer. I don't think that everybody should be on TikTok 
mindlessly scrolling. I, I don't believe that we should care about celebrities who have done nothing. Um, I don't even believe that we should idolize these people that I called our idols and icons and, and kings and queens of our culture. I don't think that we should care as much about what they do as we do. Um, but that's not enough. I don't think I'm enough to create some sort of subculture that uh, differs in any real way. I'm going to create my own subculture and I have created my own subculture and I've been a part of a subculture, especially with different media. I mean, living in a van is a huge subculture, but it's the, these people are not all that different. I've been interviewing a lot of van dwellers and they all say the same things. It's, it's very repetitive and it's because they've drank the Kool-Aid. They're part of that community. They're part of that culture. And so maybe they're their own little anthill and we can create our own little anthills or our own little pyramids in, in some way, right? But ultimately, does it even matter? Because there's this bigger, broader sort of structure in place for conformity and for idolization and for wealth to be trickled to the top and and for that wealth to be used by certain individuals rather than the community of people you know is it and what's better what what is better you know what is worse right is it is it better to have every single person have as much say as the other person you know that i suppose that's part of the philosophy of communism right and i you know, a lot of people, of course, would argue that that isn't the way to go. And um, I don't know enough about communism specifically to really speak about it. But is it better for people to have individual control? I guess that that's maybe different than communism. But is it to have control of themselves and to have equal control to the person next to them? And I mean, that's what democracy is built on. But we, we understand that our democracy is completely flawed and undermined by culture and by power structures that be, you know, what what's more destructive to our democracy than something like Facebook, which Facebook is a huge hive mind of activity. And it is a it creates these echo chambers. And what is an echo chamber, but its own anthill of people that all agree that this is the way the world is. And this is the way that we should progress. And, you know, it's dangerous. It's just dangerous coming up with all these ide all ideologies and just thinking that, that we're right or we're wrong. And I don't think that there's any real way to solve any of these issues that I'm talking about. And I also am not sure that any of these things I'm talking about are actually issues. Maybe it's just the way things are. I don't know. What do you guys think?